Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, coach, and just all around good guy, John Opolowski. Good morning, John. How are you? Hey, Jim. I'm good, and I'm better because we spent about 20 minutes <laughs> chatting before recording today and just catching up with it's each good. other. It's always yeah. a blast to it's do good. that. So it's my day's good. good. I, to quote you, we, we better press record or we're going to chatter like monkeys all day. I think that's a direct quote. <laughs> And it's true. We would chatter. I, we should go fishing for no other reason than not being a rush. We No other right. appointment, just the next fish and just talk and talk and talk. I'd I don't even it. have to bait my hook, you know. I'm going to and right. just sit with you and talk. But, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about, about episode 193 because there was something that was said recently. And I and we both kind of like, we should talk about that because I, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard that phrase that way. And, yeah. it, and it inspired me to start using that phrase. You want to give us kind of an introduction to 193? Sure. So last month, you and I attended uh, the annual ministers meeting from our tribe. Yeah. Um, and it was a great time, you know, reconnecting with friends. Uh, yeah. uh, you did some training. I did some training there. And and we received some training yeah. as well. One of, one of our guest speakers uh, asked this question, and this really kind of uh, – is the the basis of what we want to talk about in this episode. He said this, what are you 40 days away from if you tried and had a plan? Right. Wow. It still and, messes me up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just that mechanism that it's, it's such a great time frame because it's not for the rest of your life. And it's not this afternoon because the rest of my life is too daunting. And this yeah. afternoon I know is not going to make a difference. So 40 yeah. days, what are you 40 days away from if you, if you was, if you tried and you had a plan. Correct. And I, so I was, as I was writing that down, that sentence down in my phone, I get a text from you right away. <laughs> and you said, John, this question would make a good podcast. And so, yes. so here we are you yeah. know, uh, uh, talking about it. And so Jim, since that meeting uh, that happened four four weeks or so ago, I've been thinking about that question a lot and, 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 here are a few thoughts on what we might be 40 days away from if we tried or right had on. a plan. Yeah. Um, and, I, and as I was thinking about this particular episode, I thought, should we just ease ourselves into this? And then I thought, no, we're just going to dive right in and we're going to step yeah. on toes immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're to go right at it. Um, so what would happen over the next 40 days if you tried and had a plan to get into better physical shape. Yeah. You see great what I'm for it. Yeah. Great We're meddling it. right now. Right. <laughs> I had a pastor once. He said, I'm not here to step on your toes. I'm here to break both your legs. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a break both your legs start. <laughs> yeah. And and I guess the reason I we're starting with that one is um I do think that physical fitness is undervalued. Yes. Yeah, I agree. In, in the ministry, um, you know, we uh, at, at the college I went to, it was highly prized. I went to Oral Roberts University. And at Oral Roberts, you took a, a phys ed class every semester. Uh -huh. And, you know, they had this, this elaborate uh, program 
to help gain what they, I can't remember the name of the points. They had a certain name for these points that you accumulate and you could accumulate right. them by running. You could <clears throat> accumulate them by walking. Anyhow, aerobic points. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Aerobic points. And, and, and you got, I mean, you didn't, you got a letter grade for this course. So it, it impacted right. your GPA. So in college, mm -hmm. it was emphasized. But, you know, you get busy in the ministry sometimes, right? Yeah. And life yeah. happens and kids start coming and, and finding time to care for your body yeah. uh, seems to lose importance. But I had some questions that uh, under this one, I'm just going to throw them out and then I'd right. like you to respond. You know, what would happen over the next 40 days if we had dessert only once a week? <laughs> <laughs> or a sweet treat once a week? What would happen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, might be a little sadder, but, uh, <laughs> you know, what would happen if we walked four times a week for 30 minutes or, yeah. or visited the gym three times a week? Yeah. Um, you can go to the gym for $10 a month. Right. Which is less than a Netflix right. subscription. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and what impact would being in better physical shape have on our, our energy? Right. Uh, our decision making, our focus, our productivity. And so I uh, wanted to just toss that over to you and just get some thoughts from you, Jim, on this first piece, because pastors don't talk about it enough. Yeah. And for me, this part of my life is the biggest battle mm. that I have, I believe, is, is you know, fighting that tendency yeah. to, to not pay attention to my physical well-being. Yeah, I, I a couple of thoughts come to mind is that the thought of endorphins that a, that vigorous physical exercise produces in the brain the substance we crave when we're addicts to heroin. There, in other words, I, we call it in the running world the nature's heroin is endorphins. It's it's exerting yourself. So think of it this way: I I can make myself feel better and de-stressed by a huge plate of food followed by a huge bowl of ice cream, and afterwards have nothing but regret. But it does produce endorphins. The, the right. other thing I can do is I can go for a, a walk. I can go for a swim. I can work in the yard, which I enjoy to do pushing a lawnmower. I can, and then you look back and something's been done. Adam has tended the garden. It's satisfying. You've, you've broken a good sweat. You're out there for an hour, even though it felt like half an hour because you lost track of time, whatever that activity is, and you get endorphins. So e either way, we, we need to stay emotionally healthy. You know, every, every once in a while, the occurrence of, of feel good hormones. If we don't get them, then we feel nothing. You know, we were talking the other day about, you know, what does depression feel like? Generally, it feels like nothing. You don't, yeah. you're not happy. You're not sad. You're just, you're just not. You're, you're, your soul is just not anymore. I use the, I use the word numb. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and, and there is a, you know, with most depression, there is <clears throat> deep sadness, but yes, overarching it, at least for me was this feeling of being numb emotionally. Yes. So just yeah. to. I was, I was very, I first moved back to Michigan from Arizona, Arizona, the sun always shines in Michigan, nine months out of the year is winter or fall or spring, which the sun doesn't shine much. And I went right. through that seasonal affective disorder every year, suffered from some sort of a malaise, some sort of a blue, some sort of a, every January, February caught onto it started scheduling missions trips to sunny places. And so I go to Haiti, nobody goes to Haiti to cheer up except me that I'm aware of. I went to Haiti to cheer up <laughs> physically because I needed vitamin D. But then my wife and I at 40 started distance running and I, I have not suffered from depression since 
that that at 40 and now I'm 57. Oh, so 17 years of, of being in the ministry without an episode of seasonal affective disorder, some of it being sunshine, some of it being fresh air, but some of it being just exercising. And I noticed uh, when, when I'm, I got injured, I just recently had surgery, can't, can't yeah. work out. Then my body says, well, if you can't do this to get it, what are the other ways to get this pleasure? You know, that, right. that don't require effort. And here comes the pasta. Here comes, you know, a big plate of like one cheeseburger too must be twice as good at the barbecue, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. it is, I, I, I agree completely that, that our, I say this the right way because there are, we struggle in different ways. Some people are just naturally thin and it requires nothing of them. But in some ways it isn't, and I'm just trying to be sensitive here. It can be a discredit to the gospel we preach if our physical appearance shows that we don't care. Um, and then again, different I think that's ideas. well, I think that's well said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had one chin about 10 years ago. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm naming the second chin dessert here. You know what I mean? So I, I, you're, you're, this first point makes my second chin nervous and I'm, and I'm glad, but we need to be challenged because it won't come naturally when I'm tired. It won't come naturally when I'm blue to tell somebody that's, that's going through a difficult time. You know, you need to do, you need to do more like that. That's a hard thing to say, but this isn't, this is more like more ice cream. It's just, it just comes in a different form. Physically exercising, exerting yourself, purges of the soul, clears the mind. The best sermons I've ever preached came out of long runs, not from a dish of ice cream. So it's hard to say we need to do more, but you need to do more. Get up earlier, um, stay up later, but but get those reps in. If you don't, you'll suffer. And, and everyone around the leader suffers when the leader suffers. So we think, you know, 40 days. Is, yeah. And I think I think what this, this speaker was driving at is that if if we do something for 40 days consistently, yeah. we have a really good shot of that becoming long-term behavior. We do. Um, yeah. And so and so we are working on that ourselves. We're not perfect in this area, but we want to encourage you. We want to <clears> encourage <throat> you to pay attention to your physical fitness because yeah. we believe that will help you lead better. Right. Lead and I longer. Think back to your question, like what? What could you be like 40 days from now if you decided to take that step and you had a plan to do it? You could run your first 10-mile race 40 days from now, depending on your shape. You could run your first marathon. You could run your first 5K. That's, that's 3.1 miles. And to run it without stopping is, is, a, is an excellent goal. To walk it without stopping, depending on where you're at in life. That's right. But, but with, without a goal, with, without the upcoming race, I have less of a reason to train. Without, yeah. without an upcoming bathing suit season... I have less of a reason not to eat three donuts instead of one. There's a so what is your motivation? And then make a plan. And then the hard the hardest part of every marathon is the first step, the first day when you've decided you're going to run one, because that that took more than the last step at the completion of the marathon. It's that will to change to commit. Yeah, and if you we would ju I just add this real quickly. You know, if if you have an exercise in a million years. I would, you yeah. know, you better check with your doctor and say, Hey doc, am I in good enough shape to like, what can I do that's safe yeah. yes. to, uh, physically? And I think that would be a good step. Okay. Here's the second area. What would happen if over the next 40 days, uh, we develop better relational hygiene? I love um, that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what, you know, I was thinking, Jim, what would happen if I spent and you spend, and we spend at least one hour a week with a close friend. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Whether it's phone or Zoom or 
preferably yeah. eyeball to eyeball because we know yeah. we know physiologically that the eyeball to eyeball encounters yeah. produce uh better results in your brain yeah that, right that doesn't mean zoom isn't good or phone calls aren't good yeah but the best if you can is eyeball to eyeball man yeah. how much better would our life be yes if we committed to that yeah one hour a week i'm going to carve out space one yeah. hour a week you, you can i just be totally transparent <clears throat> yeah um there are times when i've gone a month And that whole month went by and I think, did I spend any time wow. with my close friends that did wasn't work related? Right. It was personal stuff, you know, like where yeah. I'm letting that friend know what God has been talking to me about in the yeah. word. Um, yeah. Talking yeah. with each other about our wins <clears throat> and our struggles. Um, you know, what, what impact would that have on our mental and emotional fitness yeah if we had better relational hygiene jim we know pastors pastoring just sets up for isolation right it's the kind it's the kind of role that yeah. um that just breeds isolation you don't even yeah. have to work at it it just it happens yeah and uh and boy i've been thinking about that man if i spend an hour a week with what close friend and we're just kind of being honest with each other. Yeah. What would that do for me? And, and so I, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that one, Jim. Yeah. I, uh, they did a study during COVID. I'm not sure if you saw it. I, I forget where it came from, but you know, if you're a Republican, your mental health went down. If you're a Democrat, your mental health went down. <clears throat> it was all the demographics, like how old you were, color of your skin, socioeconomic. The only, the only group that went up in happiness during COVID during the lockdown part of COVID were those who are a regular part of worship. And you can say, well, that's that's God. I, say, I think it certainly is. That's worship. It certainly is. And I think it's people as well. I mean, that's why we come together. I can worship. I know God outside of community, but in community, there's a, there's that beautiful exchange of I'm having a bad day and you're having a good one. We eye-to-eye -eye contact, sympathetic nervous system sync. Your strength becomes my strength. My burden becomes your burden. You mourn with those who mourn. You rejoice yeah. with those who rejoice. And so it's interesting that all every indicator went down as much as 12 points, which is a huge shift. Sure it is. And people attended church weekly, <clears throat> were regular in worship, it went up 4%. In other words, people were happier during COVID, during COVID, if they're a regular part of human relationship than those who had no job, Netflix binged all day, you know, just, just and stressed about toilet paper. So I, I think if there's any evidence... <laughs> That, that we we prosper the more people and, and uh, the more of the right people at the right times in the right ways that we have in our lives, certainly the better the results of, of our soul. And again, if the pastor, if the leader wins, everybody they serve wins. So I think sometimes we forget that though, don't we? Like I, I need, this person needs me and that person needs me and that person needs me. And eventually if every arrow goes out of you and no arrows come into you, there's going to be a breakdown. You cannot give right. what you do not have. So there are people that are just fun to be with. There are people that share a, a same weird hobby that you might have. There are people that were, were created for fellowship. It's not good that man be is, you know, is alone. You, you quote that right. often. <clears throat> of course, he's talking about Eve, but, but it isn't like it was just Adam and Eve and everything's good. There's a command to be fruitful and multiply. 
The church is a community. It's a gathering. Right. These are all God's ideas. So for us to go against these or to ignore them in some some vain attempt to be noble, it's it's really silly. I'm I'm, I'm being mean today, aren't I? I'm vain attempt to be normal, and all preachers are fat. I, I'm just having a bad day. I'm just being honest, I guess. But but it, it's a like be. It is so good. Why wouldn't you exercise? It is so yeah. good. Why wouldn't you spend time with people? We've exhausted something. We're believing a lie. We, we've lost our mojo and you got to get it back. 40 days. Yeah. I've had a lot of pastors tell me they don't have any friends. Mm. And uh, so we, when we're working through that together, yeah, well, we attack it in a var- variety of ways. Uh, one is yeah. so we tell them, get on your knees yeah, and ask God to give you what he already knows you need. You're yeah. not asking God for something luxurious here. You're not asking God <laughs> selfishly. It's not selfish. Yeah. You're asking him for something he knows you desperately need. Get yeah. on your knees and say, God, I need friends. Yes. Give me some good friends that I can trust and be myself around that we I can talk to. Yeah. And then we get practical. Like, man, do you like to golf? Join a golf league. Do you like to bowl? Join a bowling league. Yeah. And hang out with people that don't even know Jesus. Uh, sometimes yeah. you'll locate yeah. some, some friendships there that will surprise you. You're like, wow, I, I never thought I would be a friend with this person. Um, yeah. But I guess the overarching thought there is, is be proactive, be intentional. Um, yeah. work, work on it. You know, Jim, when I've got something that I'm, I'm working on that is a big project, you know, big projects are overwhelming, right? Yeah. I yeah. always do it in bite-sized chunks. I never sit down and try to solve the whole project right. in, in three hours. <laughs> yeah. No. I, what I do is I, every week I set aside some time yeah. to think about and work on little pieces of that project. And guess what happens? You know, uh, amazing miracle, right? In a couple of yeah. months, that project yeah. is knocked out. Right. Same deal here. Work on this. Yeah. Work at it. Figure it out. Um, if you're in a small rural community, it's it's challenging. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, if you live in Montana and you're in a small rural community, you got to drive 100 miles to find somebody. You know? Yes. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying this part isn't highly challenging, but you know what? Just because it's challenging doesn't mean we shouldn't try and we yeah. shouldn't work at it. You know, and if, if, so, if, if I can share a personal story, I, I, you know, I have sure. friends, but like, like, I, I'm not on Facebook, but Facebook friends, just because somebody likes a post or says I'm your friend doesn't mean you're a friend. And I was kayaking three or four years ago with a buddy of mine just at a local river. And we'd have been spending time together. Our wives are, are good friends. We were good friends. And this may sound a little weird, but I, I said, hey, I've not had a best friend in a long time. And I'm curious if you might, I, there's no rings. I'm not going to get on one knee. You know, we're not getting married. And, and, and I assume this is like with all things in life, there's a season for this and we'll get busier, do other, go separate ways, whatever. But in this season of our lives, I, I'd like to have a best friend. Are you interested in being my best friend? He said, he, he kind of looked at me shocked. He said, I thought we already were, you know? So that was a, that was a nice reciprocation. So every, every week, our wives go to one restaurant, we go to another restaurant. Our wives go for a walk, we go for a walk. And, we, and it's nice because I'm not walking away from my marriage to have a friendship because her life is busier yes. than mine. And neither is his way. So, and, and 
that was an answer to my prayers. I needed a friend that I could be honest with about the pressures, the fears, the insecurities, the hopes, the dreams, processing, stuff, stuff we do when we're together. We process each other's dreams and right. ask questions. And you really got to have a longstanding trust to say, this is what I think, or this is what I'm afraid of, or this is my dream. Mm-hmm. So I, even that is a suggestion. Maybe, you know, maybe propose the idea <laughs> to somebody you're already a good friend with. I, I'd like to I like to formalize this in a way so that yeah. so that if I am struggling, you know I'm coming to you, and if you're struggling, you know I'm ready for it. You yeah. know, and it's been it's That's been good. really good for for my soul to have a good friend, a best friend. I love it. So here's the third uh, the yeah. third area, and this is this is a relational thing too. But I mean, yeah. uh, and that is um, what would happen in the next forty days if I tried and had a game plan for a better marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what would happen over the next 40 days if we consistently carved out communication space yeah. with our spouse, um, you know, and we mm-hmm. actively listened yeah. to our spouse and they actively listened to us. Um, what would happen if, we encouraged each other on a regular basis to pursue our God-given dreams and not give up on that. Um, If we, you know, here's a real simple one, but what would happen if every week we sat down and we just compared calendars and, and, and work through that together. That's, that's uber practical, right? Yeah. Uh, But I would suspect that there might be some folks listening or watching who have had some calendar misfires. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's created yeah. some tension, uh, <clears throat> yeah. perhaps. Um, you know, and I and I say think about nurturing that most important human relationship. In and of itself, I don't need to do that because it's going to have an influence on all this other stuff. In my, I mean, it's worthy of that. It's standalone, right? Worthy. Yeah. But here's the truth. What impact would a better marriage have on our ministries? Yes. Yes. So, Jim, help me with that one. I, I'm not answering yeah. a ton of questions today. Yeah. I think I'm asking more than I'm answering. Yeah, well, that, that's good, though, because 40 days from now, the argument about you didn't tell me that we had to go to three open houses on Saturday. I, you know, because that, that, it, that this, this happened to me. I, I, there's the finish line. I got all Saturday off. I'm so I can do this. I can fix that. I can do those. I can take a nap. So my wife saying, "Hey, just so you know, tomorrow we got three open houses to go to. We got to get this. I got to wrap these gifts. I gotta." And I was just stunned. Like, babe, I like one of the mean things the army did to break down your soul was to take you on a long run and then come back. You know, so it's an out and back, and then come back to the place you started. And everybody thinks we're done there. They're 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 running to the finish line. Everything they got left, and then they ran past the barracks. And started every step became two steps because you had to come back again, and the formation fell apart, and everybody's throwing up, and I, I just you you can't do this to me. <laughs> you can't you can't you can't change the goal. You can't extend the finish line on me, and and because of that, there's a regular meeting now where we go over a monthly and weekly calendar. Where we say what are, what are you doing this week? What am I doing this week? That's good. And that way, and I, I it's, what's nice then is I know she's getting her hair done or something. Well, that's free time for me. I, I can do whatever I want. I and we're going to open houses. That's great because I'm, you know, I'm going to schedule my week around that. So no surprises because it's just it's unnecessary, uh, unneeded tension, um, yep. and and marriages 
are stressed when we believe we're being taken for granted. We believe we're no longer the most important. When we believe that we're being used, if you will, um, yep. marriages really suffer. So I, I, as uber practical as this is, like if you're newlywed, please listen to John. <laughs> and if you're an oldiewed like I am, please listen to John because um, making sure the other one feels valued and treasured is a huge priority in marriage. And so if you're not communicating at this level, there's, there's going right. to be surprises and disappointments. You know, it, I think this is true. I can't prove this. I just believe it to be true. Yeah. That the most influential thing you can do as a leader is to have a great marriage. I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. And and so if you improve that part of your world. Josh Spurlock, one of our favorite guests, yeah. talks about limbic resonance. Yeah. And that's where two uh two nervous systems engage and influence each other just yeah. by being in proximity to each other. Yeah. And if I've got a great marriage and I'm around people, the the that somehow that gets and yeah. Josh gave us this term, limbic resonance. What's yeah. happening inside of me it's translated yeah. to the people I'm around. Yes. And and so um I never learned that. In Bible college, like we talked to, I had a marriage and family class and it was, you know, it was important. I went to a, a, yeah. a great Christian school or Roberts. Yeah. Um, but we, I, either I was sleeping during that part of the lecture <laughs> no. yeah. or they didn't say, look, you know, those of you who are studying for ministry, man, your marriage is so integral yeah. on its own, but it will influence your ministry in, 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 in ways that nothing else will. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so absolutely, we want to just lend a little bit of weight to it by saying, look, if you, you want your church to get healthy, man, work on your marriage. Right. And in 40 days as a common goal, sit down with yes. your spouse and say, what can we do in the next 40 days that would improve our marriage? And don't, don't come up with a list of 47 things, you know, one, no, two, three things. Yeah. I want you home at a certain time. That would mean so much. I really, let's meet with our calendars. Let's talk over our budget. Where are the stressors that are in your marriage because of you did discuss it, you don't understand, you're not on the same page. You know, what do I make you feel valuable or do you feel used? And if you feel used, yeah. then what what can I do to prove to you that's not the case? And it's funny, you're talking about um our, our ministries being blessed through this. We were I was in a car in Costa Rica last week with a group of college students on a missions trip. And I was regularly talking to my wife. I'd have her on, on the video thing, you know, and Hey, we say good night to Dina. Hey, good night, Dina. All this kind of stuff. The last day we're driving to the airport and I called her to say, Hey, every step here is a step towards home. I can't wait to see you. I'm so I'm really exhausted, but you are, you're the first thing that I'm coming towards when I get home. And I hung up the phone and a young man, probably 21 years old, he leans forward. He said, I just want to say this. I love the way you talk to your wife. And I said, what, what do you mean by that? Because just, you've made her a part of this trip. And I said, well, I haven't made her a part of this trip. Like she's her and I, and me and her, she's the pretty part of us. Um, you know, and he, he said, I want that in my marriage. Now, let me ask you this. If I had to preach these magical sermons and all of Costa Rica came to Jesus, I'm like, I'm arguing with my wife on the phone. It undermines everything 
that God did because of what I did in my marriage. And I, and by the way, I didn't preach magical sermons and all of Costa Rica still needs Jesus as far as I can tell. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I have a young man now saying, I want that. Uh, we do affect people with our marriages more than we probably know. And just because you're okay bickering doesn't mean the world around you is being shown what is right. So amen right. to everything you just said, John. That's what I'm trying to say. So let's do one more, Jim, and then we'll, yeah. we'll wrap up. What would happen over the next 40 days if I had a deeper walk with Jesus? Yeah. I tried and I had a plan for a deeper yeah. walk with Jesus. You know, and, and so some of the things that they had, the thoughts as I was meditating on that one, Jim, were what would happen over the next 40 days if we weren't in, in a hurry mm. in our devotional time? Yeah, right on. You know, where we just weren't in a hurry. Uh, like, God, I got to speed this thing up today because I got a lot on my plate. Um, mm. what, what would happen over the next 40 days if we followed a plan for Bible reading and study? Yeah. And I, I, you know, when I was a brand new Christian, it was all about volume. I mean, mm. I was reading six, seven, eight chapters a day. Yeah. But as an older Christian, Jim, um, it's more about pondering. Yeah, And it's less about volume and it's more about yeah. reading smaller sections of scripture and, and thinking about them and praying through them and yeah. appreciating <clears throat> some of the iconic themes. Yeah. I, I just uh, I got through Galatians and Ephesians yeah. and, and Jim, it was like reading it for the first time. Wow. <laughs> and part of it was, part of it was, I wasn't in a hurry. I wasn't yeah. in a rush. I I, yeah. I wasn't trying to consume too much. Right. Um, you know what what would happen over the next forty days if we had a game plan for our prayer assignment? Yeah. You know I I believe in in structuring our praying. Um, I I thank the Lord for a couple of guys that were in my life right away after I gave my life to Jesus. They taught me how to pray, right. and they said, John, you just can't sit there and just. <laughs> pray all kinds of buckshot prayers. Um, you work on a list, work off a list. And those guys motivated me. Uh, now, does God ever call audibles on my structured praying? Of course he does, right? Like, yeah, yeah. There are times when the Lord says, John, I absolutely want you not to talk at all. Yeah. During your prayer time. I'm doing the talking yeah. today. So just sit there and let me talk to you. And and so I, I, I understand that that mm. you know that goes back and forth and you need to be sensitive to the lord but here's what i would rather do i would rather have a game plan and work off a game plan and have god make adjustments yes and say hey we're we're going off plan today and we're going to do something different right i would rather do that than have no plan yeah and and feel right. like my prayers are like all over the map Look, yeah. the older you get as a Christian, the more your prayer assignment grows. Mm. I believe that's true. Yeah, it's a great statement. It's enlarged <clears throat> over yeah. time. Just because the people in your circle are enlarged, you've got now you've yeah. got daughters in law and sons in law, grandkids, and daughters, yeah. and nieces, and nephews, and right staffs. Yeah, right. Yeah. You have staffs. Yeah. Um, and so your prayer assignment just grows. Uh, over time. So what would happen if you had a game plan for that? What what would happen over the next 40 days if you and I wrote down in a journal 
what jumped out at us when we read the Bible. Right. Or what we heard God whisper into our heart during private times of prayer and worship. I heard somebody say that preacher say this a, a week ago. I was listening to him, listening to him on our way to our home church. We listened to this guy. I won't say who it is uh, yeah. every Sunday morning. And he said, God's not going to scream at you. He's going to whisper. Right. And okay. listening for the whisper. Uh, what would happen if we jotted some of that stuff down? Yeah. And, and, and as you, as you develop this beautiful 40 day rhythm, Man, how does that deeper walk with Jesus impact your human relationships? How does yeah. it impact your family? How would it impact your calling? Yeah, um, I would, I, you know, I think I would like to believe in my heart that everybody who got called into a ministry or any, and, and I happen to believe, look, if you're a Christian, you are in the ministry, but your ministry might not be within the confines of a church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It might be in your business. It might be. Yeah. If you're a school teacher, whatever, wherever you yeah. work as a Christian, right. that there's ministry there. So I believe, I, I believe yeah. that. What impact would a deeper walk with Jesus have on those relationships that that yeah. uh, are part of your yeah. world? So, Jim, what do you think? Yeah, I I came across a quote, and I'll try to make it fit this. Um, said if a, if a if a parent stops loving a child the child doesn't stop loving the parent they start they stop loving themselves that was, that was interesting and so wow. i think if, if there's a disconnect between us and god if for some reason our circumstances have convinced us that he's distant he doesn't care there's two things that happen one is there's that distance but the other thing is we'll stop appreciating what what god sees when he sees us so again back to these vital relationships we kind of went in reverse order i think you yeah. started with the hard one physical stuff but, but really, you, the kingdom kind of flips these things, right? That if if we yeah. know if we know that God loves us, it gives us no other alternative but to love ourselves. If we love ourselves, look at look what we can be as a spouse. When we are unconditionally loved, we have unconditional love now to, to give away. Look what it does for our friendships. Look what it look what it does for our physical health, right? So even though that working out may seem the most difficult because there's a physical exertion. I, I think I think we ended in the best place possible, which is in the next forty days. If you had a, if you decided to, and you had a plan to 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 receive the love of God through Scripture, through prayer, through now through marriage, through fellowship, through exercise, um, I really believe that that in forty days, those neuron paths that led us towards discouragement, discouragement, defeat, defeat, they've been erased. Uh, it takes twenty eight days to get rid of. The, these physiologies of our brain and to establish new physiology in our brain. So we're, we're well beyond that in the 40 days, which is a, a biblical number for testing. It's a biblical number for establishing something new. So I, I would just, I would, I think this is beautiful. I think it's timely. There's about 40 days left of summer, if you will, you know, that we can, yeah. before the kids go back to school, I, I'm going to be closer to God, closer to my spouse in better shape, a better friend on your market set go. So I, yeah. I think it's a well-timed episode for everybody. You know, and, and so Jim is my final thought here is that nothing worth having comes easy. Yeah. Nothing, nothing worth <clears throat> having yeah. comes easy. Progress in life and mm -hmm. leadership requires a plan. It requires a time stamp. Yeah. 
it requires accountability. Yes. And and so I want, and I know you want our listeners and watchers, and we're challenging ourselves as well to consider yeah. the question, what are we 40 days away from if we tried and we had a plan? So hopefully today you are challenged, you are encouraged, and maybe you even have a couple yeah. of ideas to help walk some of this out. Yeah, right on. Well, guys, I, I hope this has been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing to me. And I, I knew what we were going to be talking about. I'd read the notes. I, you know, I, I knew where we were going. But just having, just talking this out, hashing this out has gone from inspiration to really a, a needed application. And I hope it's done the same for you. I hope that you saw what it was about. You listened to it and now you're ready to start. If we can help you in any way at Converge, uh, we'd love to do that. Say, I, what do you mean by a plan? I made a decision, but I don't have a plan. What would that look like? Or how do, how do I get the nerve to make a plan or to make a decision? We'd love to help you with that. We're, um, just as John and I are friends, we're, we're always one phone call away from having new ones. And we hope that we can bless you. Uh, we hope that this will be good for you, be accountable to the friends you have. But Converge is always here. Um, and we, we love you guys. So. Um, we have a John and I. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to, to talk again and continue this conversation real soon as you continue to lead from alignment.